Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to Best of Stand Up from Conan. Uh, I'm Lori Kilmartin, and today we're going to look at season 17. This is the first season uh, at TBS. Um, and first up is Ron Funches, who is so funny. And he's got such a cheerful, upbeat delivery. And he's one of those comics who's full of wonder on stage and not at all cynical. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's such a different pacing. It's really, he's really fun to listen to. Here's Ron Funches. Gas is making his television debut tonight and can be seen live this Friday at the Brody Theater in Portland, Oregon. Please welcome the very funny Ron Funches. Hi. I am so happy to be here. Um, my name is Ron. I'm originally from the south side of Chicago, Illinois. The correct response is a whoop whoop. I will not accept a belated whoop whoop. <laughs> it just deserves one because Chicago is an extremely rough place to grow up in. Especially if you're the only brother on the block that's in the bumpin' Alanis Morissette. <laughs> so you ought to know I moved to Oregon. <laughs> and I love it. It reminds me of Chicago with subtle differences. Like in Chicago, it was always, oh snap, it's a gang member, or oh snap, it's a crackhead. In Oregon, it's been Oh, snap, the blackberries are in season? <laughs> this is a delicious situation I'm in. <laughs> I left Chicago because there's a lot of gangs and violence. I did not know the Northwest also had gangs. They are not scary or effective. <laughs> but they try so hard. I even ran into a gang on the Oregon coast of all places. And I don't like to be racist but it was a gang of blackbirds, a real murderer's row. And I dealt with them just like the gangs in Chicago. 
I just puffed my chest out, knuckled up, and said, you brothers ain't getting these cranberry muffins. <laughs> and then I ran away. <laughs> I'm still very happy that I left Chicago. I know if I never left, I wouldn't have tried some things I now love and enjoy, like iced coffees <laughs> or white women. Those are <laughs> I'm just kidding. Coffee is gross. <laughs> Every time I drink some, I get really sick. Which leads me to believe I may be allergic to energy. <laughs> which I later found out is not something you can put on a medical marijuana application. <laughs> But there's always someone that tries to make you feel bad about what you enjoy. I call these people my parents-in-law. <laughs> we have a weird relationship. I kind of treat them like a Walmart, which I'll explain. It means I really don't like going to them for anything. I'd prefer it if they stay out of my town but I get a strange satisfaction from stealing from them. <laughs> Mostly because they believe I need a real job. And they are so difficult. If you ever get an interview, they always want to know so much about you. Like the soundtrack of your life, or what type of tree you would be. And I'm a bonsai, but that's my damn business. <laughs> and if you get past that, there's a drug test that's never fair. One time they tried to give me a mouth swab drug test, which is where they take a piece of cotton run the inside of your cheek to get your DNA, and that's how they find out what you like to do. <laughs> that's against everything I believe in. Because there's no way I'm gonna let you take something that you made my people pick 200 years ago. <laughs> and then turn around to use it to deny me a job. <laughs> If I knew that's how you treated your employees, I would have never have taken the time to duct tape this Cheetos bag full of urine to my leg. <laughs> that was a waste of mine and my son's day. 
Thank you guys so much. All right, up next is Tig Nataro, and this is a 2011. Um, this is like before she got famous, and it's it's pre-marriage, pre-twins, uh, pre-you know health scare, and uh, it's really really great material. There's like a bit that turns into a Russian nesting doll of a chunk, and some highly accurate impressions. You probably don't think of Tig as an impressionist. Well, you're wrong. My next guest is a comedian who hosts the podcast Professor Blastoff and whose debut album Good One is available now. Please welcome the very funny Tig Notaro. Uh, how's it going? Good. <laughs> I live here in Los Angeles and uh, I was walking through my neighborhood down the sidewalk and I was passing this guy and right when we were passing each other, right when we were passing each other, he said to me, huh, them little titties. <laughs> I thought she was a man. It's like, okay. Okay if you think that. And okay if you say that to yourself. But that thought had to go through several layers of filters in his mind and a checklist. And he still decided. Yeah, I'm going to need to say this. <laughs> like, think of all the things he decided not to say. <laughs> things like, good afternoon. <laughs> or, um, oh, I was going to say something, but I decided not to. <laughs> nope, he went with, huh, them little titties. <laughs> thought she was a man. <laughs> All my uh, friends are having kids and um, they always send email updates and I love getting those. <laughs> I do. What I can't stand is when they include the question, can you believe it? <laughs> Caitlin is starting kindergarten this year. Can you believe it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what is she, about five? That sounds about right. Yeah, I can believe that. But if they were to, come, if they were to email me and be like, Caitlin has never grown any bigger since the day she was born. Never spoken a word at all in her life. She's graduating from college today. Can you believe it? I'd be like, oh my God, no. I can't believe that. Send more photos. But can I believe that Caitlin is following the natural progression of life? Yeah, I can totally wrap my head around that. Do you guys like impressions? Oh, good. I love when people do impressions. They tell you the name of the impression, and then one second later, they tell you the name of the impression again. Like you're going to forget. <laughs> so this is my impression of a person doing impressions. My impression of a person <laughs> doing impressions.
Do you guys like impressions? <laughs> yeah? You do? Okay, good. This is my impression of a person doing impressions. My impression of a person doing impressions. Do you guys like impressions? Oh good, you're gonna like this. This is my impression of a person doing impressions. No, actually I have three impressions aside from that one that I just nailed. The first one is of a spring. A spring. Please be quiet. A spring. And that's my worst one. They're even better. It goes, it goes up from here. Second impression is curtains opening. Curtains opening. Curtains opening. <laughs> that one's really pretty good. My third and final impression is a clown horn. Clown horn. If you don't like that, then you just don't want joy in your heart. Thank you. All right, up next is a really great set by Camille Nanjiani. And uh, man, the Orange County joke at the very end, so funny and smart. The whole thing's great. It's it's hard to, um, if you listen to his voice, it almost sounds like he's going through adolescence right now. It's so hard to believe, but eight years after he taped this, he would be more ripped than Dane Cook and Kevin Hart. <laughs> Great set by uh, Camille Nanjiani. We're back. My next guest is a talented comedian who can be seen every Wednesday at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles and on the Pretty Good Friends tour with Reggie Watts and Eugene Merman. Please welcome the very funny Kumail Nanjiani. Good. Um, I'm a huge fan of horror movies. I just saw Freddy vs. Jason, which, uh, do you guys know that movie? It's, uh, yeah, the director is here. That's way too enthusiastic. <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason. It's Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street vs. Jason from Friday the 13th. It's actually kind of awesome. But there's a part in it where Freddy has to choose between killing a white girl and killing a black girl. And Freddy says, how sweet, dark meat. Yeah, there's a collective groan from the audience in the theater when I watched it. Like, people were disappointed in Freddy Krueger. <laughs> like, we're fine with you murdering children with your needle gloves. <laughs> but racism? <laughs> Making it very hard to cheer for you, Freddy Krueger. 
I hope Jason wins. Mass murdering monster, but he's no bigot. Uh, you guys are wonderful. I'll tell you a personal story. I'll tell you about the first time I remember crying. It's not the funny part yet. It's not the first, I was five years old. It's not the first time I cried. It's my first memory of crying. I was five. I was watching an animated version of an ugly duckling. Yeah. All these pretty ducklings are so mean to this one ugly duckling. And it doesn't feel like an ugly duckling when they're a kid, you know? I remember just like bawling, crying as hard as I've ever cried, tears down my face, went to my mom for comfort. And to make me feel better, my mom didn't say, you know, beauty on the outside does not matter, Kamel. It's beauty on the inside that makes a person. She didn't say that. To make me feel better, my mom said, ducks can't talk. <laughs> Plus, these ducks don't even exist. Look at it, someone just drew that. <laughs> Stop crying, Kamel, they're not real. Which is a horrible way to handle that situation. My parents let me watch like the weirdest stuff that they should not have let me watch. Like when I was eight, I swear, they let me rent The Elephant Man. Yeah, I thought it was a superhero movie. You know, like Elephant Man, he has the strength of 20 men. No, he doesn't. He has the sadness of 20 men. <laughs> you guys know that movie, the guy with the face? <laughs> the guy, to get the girl to kiss him, and he's like, I am not an animal. Devastating. That movie took something from me. Like, I'm sure I lost the ability to smell rain during that movie. I turned to my mom, and I was like, thank God movies are fake, huh? And she's like, actually, no, this one is real. <laughs> an actual disease anybody could get. Good night. Uh, I just moved to Los Angeles a few months ago, and I had a, oh, thank you. Uh, I had a show in Orange County. Okay, you're not gonna like this joke. Um, I'd never been, all I know is, uh, you know, the housewives of Orange County, so it has a certain reputation. I was kind of nervous, how's this gonna go? I get there. I get out of my car, 10 seconds after I get out of my car, 10 seconds after I get out of my car, this car pulls up, this guy pokes his head out the window, yells at me, he's like, hey, Kumar, where's Harold? <laughs> 10 seconds. Like he'd been waiting around the corner for weeks, like, I can't wait for a brown to come to town. I've got a pop culture reference that will belittle him. And I got so angry. And I was trying to think, like, why do I get so angry when somebody's racist to me? And it's because when somebody's racist to you, there are no comebacks. There is nothing you can say to win. Like, what are you going to do, be racist back to them? <laughs> no, because you're not racist, and most of the people who are racist to me are white, and it's very difficult to be racist to white people. <laughs> like, what am I going to be like? Oh, I'm Kumar? Well, you're the lead in most movies that come out. <laughs> I think about it for nights later, like three nights later, I'll be in bed, I won't be able to sleep. I'm like, that guy was so racist to me, he called me Kumar, which is pretty close to my name. <laughs> That's just a terrible coincidence. <laughs> That's the only reason I want to be famous. I want to be so famous that I'm the pop culture reference that people would make to try and be racist to me, you know? <laughs> 
So I'll be walking down the street and a car would pull up and be like, hey, look at this, Kumail Nanjiani. Oh no, that is Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> Thank you for knowing my name. All right, that's my time. Thank you. All right, up next is Amy Schumer. And uh, this is really, it's a fun set. The audience, in my opinion, this is not a great crowd. I mean, they got better, but uh, whatever. Uh, What I love about her style is every tag reveals a new layer of wrong. She really, she really makes herself uh, appear awful. And sometimes people take it seriously. It's like, no, she's doing that on purpose. Um, And she snuck in uh, an abortion joke in 2011. Yay to her. That was, that's a feat. So here's a really funny set by Amy Schumer. My next guest is a comedian who'll be appearing at the Varsity Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Saturday, November 5th, and whose new CD, Cutting, is available now. Please welcome the very funny Amy Schumer. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm actually celebrating something tonight. I finally just slept with my high school crush. Right? Thank you. Thank you. But now he, like, expects me to go to his graduation. Like, I know where I'm going to be in three years, right? (laughs) Oh, slow down. Oh, kids. Kids. But I'm excited. Tomorrow's my mom's birthday. Um, No, don't clap. You don't don't know her. Uh, But I'm I'm bringing her to a soccer game because I wanted to show her what boundaries looked like, you know? Like, look. She's like, I don't see him. I'm like, I know. Stop calling my friends. Um, It's just, she's always bragging about the dumbest stuff. You know, like the other day she was like, you know, I can still fit in my wedding dress. It's like, who cares, right? I mean, it is weird that she's the same size now as she was when she was eight months pregnant, but I just... (laughs) I don't think bragging's right. I don't think it's right. I'm supposed to want kids. I don't know if I do. I'm 30. I heard when you're a girl and you're 30, you're just like, I need a baby, but I just don't want to like make anything with my body. But, uh, <laughs> seems creepy, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 30 years old. You know, I think it's cause this is what I do for a living. You know, I get drunk every night. I'm pretty drunk now. Uh, thank you. But no, but the girls I grew up with, they're living normal adult lives. So they call me now and they're like, Aim, I'm pregnant. And I'm still like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'll drive you. They're like, no. Weird. I should like kids. That's my favorite reality show. You know the show Teen Mom? Or if you're from the South, Mom. Because why wait for a GED? That's stupid. Uh, You guys are. You're such a great crowd. Because we all judge each other. Right? Like, I know as soon as I walked out here, you guys were all like, oh, she's so beautiful. (laughs) Um, Thank you, you guys. It's so nice that you were all thinking that. Um, I mean, I work really hard, but... uh, But no, we do, we judge. I've lived in New York my whole life, but people, they always just, like, assume I'm from the Midwest. I've got that look about me, right? It looks like I've milked something recently, right? I know. On the subway, I'm telling you all the time, people are always like, are you lost? I'm like, no. They're like, are you Amish? I'm like, no. I just like wearing this bonnet. Like, why are you? It's my fault I look dope in a bonnet? I don't think so. They do, they judge. People think I'm shallow, but I'm not. 
I like the guy I'm actually dating right now. He isn't even good looking. He's not at parties. No one's ever like, who's that? They're like, is he okay? Should we call someone? I'm like, no, that's his face. That's just, that's his head. Um, like maybe we should call someone. Um, but I've just never cared about stuff like that. You know, looks, who cares, right? And he's so rich <laughs> that um, <laughs> doesn't really come up. But no, no, okay. He's cute, he is. He looks like one of the guys from the hills, have eyes. It's <laughs> gross. It's really gross. Uh, I can't really talk. I, I, I never get hit on. I never do. And I know you guys are like, but you're so perfect. <laughs> Stop, you guys are so great. I can't believe you guys. No, but I don't. The only time I get hit on is last call at the bar, right? <laughs> That's it. That's when I'm the bell of the ball because I have a pulse. Uh, it's like the lights go on. The men just start pacing like gorillas. They can only see by heat. They're like, what is that? It's like predator. See some dude in a full blackout just start stumbling toward me like a toddler learning how to walk. Pointing at his crotch like, here. I'm like, I'll get us a cab. Um... But no, I am. I'm a good person. I am. I'm not racist at all. I'm proud of that. But I mean, racism, it's an issue. You know, we have to deal with it. Like, I was talking about this the other day. I was hanging out with all my black friend. And... <laughs> and I'm like, Tamembe or whatever. Um, like, let's talk about it. And what was she saying? She was like, girl. Like, like I couldn't understand her, but she was pissed. <laughs> I'm like, stop yelling, we're not at the movies. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, our final comic for uh, season 17 is Reggie Watts. And Reggie's not like a stand-up stand-up. He's more of a comedy, uh, multimedia, musical event. Um, but he's really silly and, he, and he, he's of the moment whenever you see a show. He's, he's a great live act if you ever have a chance to see him. Um, up next is the uh, amazing uh, Reggie Watts. My next guest, my next guest, join me on tour this summer. You can see him at the Highline Ballroom in New York City on December 17th. Please welcome the very talented Reggie Watts. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Conan. Uh, you know, uh, it's really wonderful to be back here uh, uh, after so many years, I've been on this show for 14 times now and uh, really do enjoy being a part of it every, every time. Uh, a few years ago, a few people came up to me and asked me a few questions and I declined to answer and, um, and that's what led me here today. Uh, always do what's wrong and that'll give you much more leeway in the future just in case you need uh, any leeway, which barely any of us need. Uh, I'd like to tell a few jokes. Uh, this is a joke that uh, my grandmother used to tell me. Uh, horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, it's probably not a good idea that you're in here. You're a very large animal. Uh, any sudden movements, you may injure somebody. Uh, I don't know why you're here. None of, none of the glasses are ergonomically designed for you to drink from them. So you should probably leave. 
panther walks into a gazebo. <laughs> That's it. All right, so um, uh, there's, a, there's a few things that uh, a few people have told me. One, my grandfather once said this to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and Carol Burnett one time uh, looked at me in the eyes, and uh, I'll never forget that. So I'd like to do uh, I'd like to do a few uh, a few little uh, little ditties for you. Um, I got this one. This one uh, this one's from New York City. I, I come from New York. I don't know if you guys any from New York or whatever. Yeah, okay. Conan used to be in New York. Uh, used to be New York, um, and I I don't know, uh, but uh, I'm back. So here I am. But I'd like to do this. Uh, so check it out. Okay, so I like to do this song. This uh, this a new song. Okay, so yeah, uh, so give it up, give it up, give a love, y'all, give it up. I'm so sorry. Ever so sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know what got into me. That was completely not appropriate. And uh, this is a far classier show than that. So, what I mean to say is that I had an amazing time on tour with Conan, and I am so appreciative of that that I decided to write a song, and I'd like to perform it for you with your good graces here tonight. It goes a little something like this. A one, two, three, four. That is a love All right, that's it for season 17 of the best of stand up uh, from Conan. I'm Laurie Kilmartin, and we'll see you next week. Life is a highway, and on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. One, two, three, four. 
Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.